For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. Back again, this is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter, and the guest co-host chair is Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribed, rate, review, Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. It's a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. Plenty of questions to come. But first, Colin, how are you, man? Good, man. Good, man. Uh, yeah, it's National Signing Day, and baseball's kicking off in two weeks. So it's a, it's a lively time around Ole Miss right now. The most important story Ole Miss-wise from the weekend was what? It's just recruiting at this point, right? Because you're, you're 48 hours away now, and it's, it was kind of interesting to see who was on campus and what kind of developed over the weekend. I know there was some Zach Evans stuff. and just uh, It kind of feels like recruiting's fun again at Ole Miss, right? Yeah, for sure. Because Lane Kiffin, like we've talked about a number of times at this point, is going to take Ole Miss football recruiting back nationally like Hugh Freeze did. Forgive me as we get going here. I know I sound very nasally. You'll be shocked to learn that my two daughters both came home with some variation of something, sick-wise, sinus, cough, fever, whatever, gave it to me. Not the flu, and that's good. And I've been dealing with it for the last handful of days, including during the Super Bowl, which made drinking not as fun because I couldn't taste the beer. But if I've learned anything this recruiting cycle, I don't want to hear the name Zach Evans anymore unless I have to cover him because he's an Ole Miss Rebel. Yeah, yeah, and and God knows if he is or not, but it has been a wild ride with Zach Evans from about, I don't know, the end of December to now. So I guess we'll – I don't know if we'll get clarity on Wednesday or not. It feels like it may drag on for a while. Yeah, I don't know what he's going to do. It's interesting to follow his path. He was going to be a Georgia Bulldog. He committed and signed in December, and then they let him go of his LOI. He does not have to sign another LOI. I don't think he can. So on Wednesday – National Signing Day, when so many guys are having their commitment and signing ceremony, Zach Evans could have that, but there's nothing for him to sign. (laughs) (laughs) So it could drag out until May, whenever he enrolls. His recruiting process doesn't have to end on Wednesday. And it would not surprise me in the slightest that he makes a decision on Wednesday, and that fan base is excited, and then drama pops back up over the next couple of months, and he ends up somewhere else. If you're Ole Miss, I understand the intrigue there. 
what makes him interesting and makes him um, appealing to you as a fit. Jerion Ely is a dynamic running back. Snoop Connor is a very strong, capable running back. But to be able to put another talented, top-ranked type of running back, the number one running back in the country in your backfield, to complement those guys and to push those guys, of course you want that. There's nothing wrong with having too many good players. Just get good players. Hugh Freeze wasn't some grand dynamo offensive mind, but he had great players, and great players make good coaches, make great coaches. Gene Chizik won a national championship, not because he's a good coach, because Cam Newton was an otherworldly talent. Ed Orgeron just won a national championship because Joe Burrow, he got a little lucky in the transfer portal, got Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow paired with Joe Brady, which was an Ed Orgeron hire, good hire, went out and set the world on fire. Get good players, and you're going to have to have a little luck too. I don't care about fitting those people out there saying, I'm sick of Zach Evans. Uh, you know, just cut loose, cut him loose, get rid of him. He doesn't matter. No, you want as many good players as you can. You're old Miss. You're not going to be in the position of saying to the number one running back in the country, you can't <laughs> come here because I'm tired of your recruiting drama. You stay in it the whole time. You're not yeah. Alabama and LSU that can go to the next five or four-star running back and say, you know what, we're going to take you instead. You're not in that position. So if you're old Miss, you stay in it. And if you're an old Miss fan, you want to be in it. And if you yeah. don't get him, then you can say, you know what, I'm kind of relieved. The drama was going to be a headache. I get that. But right now, yeah, you want to be in that fight. And I'm sick of hearing about him because I think the regular updates in regards to Zach Evans are stupid. And I say that because who's to say it's even going to be over on Wednesday? We can do a Zach Evans countdown clock and it still wouldn't matter. Because in May, he could make another decision. It just it doesn't matter. Right. And yeah, you're exactly right. He can't sign. There is nothing Zach Evans can sign that will bond him to a school as if he is an early enrollee. And I don't think that's possible at this point. And he goes to class. So let's just pretend that he signs with a school allegedly, you know, signed scholarship papers that doesn't bond him to the school. He will not be bonded to a school until June when he steps foot inside of a classroom. So we technically could be dealing with this for, I don't know, four more months. Right. And that's why just having the constant updates, it's unnecessary because you don't know what he's going to do. Um, the fascinating aspect of this, the one thing that is compelling to me is trying to figure out what his options actually are. Georgia right. just took another running back. So if we're just deducing that Georgia is going to hand out all of its open scholarships to running backs, Georgia's probably done in the Zach yeah. Evans recruitment. Tennessee's going to stay in it. Ole Miss is going to stay in it. He doesn't want to go to Texas A&M, supposedly. I don't know if I believe that all that much. Who knows? Who really knows anything concrete about Zach Evans? I don't think anybody does. Yeah. No, I don't either. Um, so, I don't, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Zach Evans doesn't know what Zach Evans wants to do. So, uh, just uh, interesting recruiting. Uh, one of the more interesting ones I've followed simply because he can't sign anything that's going to bond him to a school, which is kind of crazy. This is what it used to be like back in 2013, 2012, if you're an Ole Miss fan. Chris Jones coming into town. Is he in? Is he not? Steve Robinson saying he's not in town. No, 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 no. And then a picture comes out sent to me and a couple of other media members. Oh, he's here. Yeah. It's for sure he's here. I see him at chicken on a stick on the square. Wait, that looks awful lot like Chris Jones. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's Chris Jones. He was, at a, he was at a fraternity party I was at when Steve was tweeting out he wasn't here. Exactly. <laughs> And he just won a Super Bowl. Congrats to him. So did Brian yeah. Speaks, the Kansas City Chiefs. First Super Bowl championship in 50 years. My brother, who used to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan when we were kids, got to celebrate it. I told him, man, think about if you had held on to that fandom as much as I've held on to the Cowboys. 
what you would be feeling like right now. Anyway, but yeah, this is what you're used to, what you were used to doing in 2013, 2012. This is what recruiting was like. God, what is it going to be like next year? Because 2021 offers have been flying out from Ole Miss. They're all from everybody. That's what Freeze was doing. He was casting this huge net early. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think Lane is, has kind of moved his focus to this 2021 class. I mean, there, there's a lot of good players in that class. And uh, the Mississippi class is loaded in 2021. So Ole Miss is going to have to make some hay there. But if you're an Ole Miss fan out there and you're paying attention to Wednesday – there's certainly some guys you should be paying attention to. I don't think that there's oh. going to be a huge class that signs um, to finish this thing out on Wednesday, but there's still going to be a, a number of guys that could sign that could make this borderline top 25 class. And it's not just Zach Evans either. I think we paid so oh. much attention to Zach Evans that you lose sight of the fact that a Malachi Weidman, who's from Florida, wide receiver, and this class needs wide receivers, he's probably about to flip from Florida State to Ole Miss. Before we really get going here on Talk of Champions, let me tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. What's your New Year's resolution? Maybe it's to finally get in shape, learn a new language, an instrument. Here's one for you. How about a new car? Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. They'll work with you to ensure you get the car you want at a price point you can afford. All you've got to do is go visit Brian, Mason, and the crew and let them take care of you through the easiest, most seamless car buying process around. How can they best serve you? To take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides, be sure to contact them today at 662-638-0044. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. What I've been talking about on this podcast for a long time, Leonard Manuel that wide receiver that Ole Miss has gotten serious with. Here's the deal with him. It's really simple. He wants to go to Florida. But Florida doesn't know if it can get him into school. Ole Miss told him and laid it out to him. We know how to get you into school. This is the plan. We'd get you in. Florida's making no such guarantees. So he's got to decide, all right, do I commit and sign with Ole Miss now, or do I wait and see if Florida can get me in and take that chance? They might not be able to get me in. But if they do, going to be a Gator. That's what I want to be. But there is the chance that Ole Miss won't be that fallback option for me anymore. Then I'm going to have to go to junior college for a year. And if that happens, you know, all bets are off. Because if you go to JUCO and you don't perform, you know how that goes. Yeah. You go down a level, there's no guarantee you're coming back up. Yep. Real quick on Wadman is I know he's a basketball guy. Can can he help this basketball team next year? What kind of basketball prospect is he? I don't know. I've heard he's a pretty significant basketball prospect. But as far as helping this team next year, come on, I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. I did talk to Sean Robinson, Luis Rodriguez, and Jarkel Joyner on Monday. Because at this point, it's all about the future, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. I know that there's a three-game homestand, and Ole Miss could win some games. I know K.J. Buffin was at practice on Monday trying to fire the guys up, saying, hey, look, 10 games. We win 10 games, 10 more. We're in the NCAA tournament, which is true. That's yeah. true. It's not going to happen, but it's true. I know there's a chance they could turn it around. Let's be more realistic here and say that's probably just about the future at this point. And Sean Robinson looks a lot bigger. I think he's gained 21 pounds. Mm. Yeah. Trying to learn to play bigger in the post. He's already a good ball handling big. And 6'10", don't grow on trees. Luis Rodriguez, (laughs) the foot, he's still in a boot. He's doing that um, underwater treadmill deal to rehab. Um, it's coming along nicely, but of course you had the setback. It was originally supposed to be six to eight weeks. And I think that they looked at it and said, look, 
If there's any chance he could re-injure it, we're not going to do it. So they just sat him for the season. Said, nah, it's not worth it. No. But who would have guessed that Luis Rodriguez going down for the year was going to be the turning point for this team? I would have never guessed that at all. Not to in any way take anything away from Luis. He's a great player. He's going to be a really good player in time. But if you'd have told me that was going to be the catalyst for a bad year, there's no way. I'd have said, oh, they got this guy, this guy, and this guy. Um, and then, of course, Jarkel. Jarkel is going to be a dynamic player, I think. But I've said this. I thought that Hadim C was going to be a dynamic player, and he wasn't. He's gotten better the last three games, but you can't project this stuff anymore. Uh, I'm no more scout than you who's listening right now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, I can't tell you what's a good basketball player and what's not. I think I know or have a good idea, but I, I don't know for sure. But Jarkel has gotten rave reviews, really guards the ball well, can get over any screen, and that's great. Can he make his teammates better? Because right now, Devontae and Brian aren't making their teammates better. Well, they're trying, but yeah. those guys aren't hitting open shots. We're getting off course here. Back to what <laughs> we were talking about. I don't know if that kid could help them basketball-wise, but he certainly could help them football-wise. Yes. Because when you look at the wide receivers, yes, Ole Miss has numbers. And I think Dennis Jackson and Jonathan Mingo, those kids are going to be good. I think Jonathan Mingo, maybe his floor is Mario Hill. But after them, I don't know who I trust. Yes, of course, Elijah Moore is the number one wide receiver. But after those three, who do you trust? Not Miles Battle, not Demarcus Gregory. Who do you trust? And that's why yeah. I think they need wide receivers in this class. And that's why if you get Malachi and maybe you get Leonard Manuel, not only is your class going to be bumped up to close to the top 25, maybe in the top 25, I doubt it, but it helps you significantly on the field. Because again, having too many good players isn't a bad thing. And that would be one heck of a transition class. You'd have to give it to Lane Kiffin. And, you know, we, we talk about, you know, running back depth. Uh, it wouldn't shock me next year if all, at all if you see Jerrion Ely line up in some slot. Lane does a lot of different things to get his best players the football. Um, and from a receiver standpoint, if you're able to land a Zach Evans where you're providing yourself depth in the running back position, uh, Jerrion Ely lining up out wide would not be something that shocks me at all. If you could have one guy become a member of Ole Miss's 2020 signing class, who would it be? Ooh. Well, okay. So you're asking me this, and if it, for me personally, Zach Evans, because I just want to see how everything unfolds and how funny it is. Um, but for Ole Miss, I think it's like Wadman or Manuel, whichever one can be in an immediate impact person. I would like to see Zach Evans only because of the takes that will come flying out of the mouths of Dan Wilkin <laughs> yes. at 40. I mean, you know they're locked and loaded. They're just right, waiting for that moment. Yeah. That, that was why I wanted him for uh, me personally. Yeah, because it's so easy for him. And if you're Ole Miss, put them on a tee for these guys. Just so you can expose their own agendas. That'd be fun. It'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> I would – oh, my God. If Ole Miss, like when uh, Zach Evans sends his NL Lion or whatever, if they just like tag Dan Wolken and, and Pat Forty in the tweet, I might just fall over. Yeah, if only Ole Miss embraced throwing shade on social media. <laughs> I mean, I have a really good relationship with Kyle Campbell. I've known him forever. He was responsible for helping me get interviews for pretty much every job out of college because I worked in Ole Miss's sports information department as an intern my last two years of college. I'm forever indebted to Kyle. I say all that to say he's such a cheese ball on Twitter. And over the weekend, Kyle, being the cheese ball that he is, tweets out that story from, like, the Business Journal or something. Yeah, I saw that. Lane Kiffin had the least amount of eyes saying, like, I am this, I do this, I do this. The least amount of eyes of any coach in however many speeches. I don't know. I didn't read it. It was the most quintessential SID bullshit. 
you could possibly get, right? And all I could think was, is that so corny and that's so lame? If you're Ole Miss, you're playing all the nice stuff and trying to be um, on even footing and a level playing field with like a Dan Walken and a Pat Forty and try to appease these guys, you're never going to be able to. So just troll the shit out of them. That'd be way more fun, right? Yeah, just tag them. Then forget all this corny stuff about Lane Kiffin, so selfless. He's such a selfless person. No, that's not fun. You hired Lane Kiffin, throw up the double birds. Let's go. That's way more fun. And your fan base will eat it up. Yeah. That's PR 101. Just play to those impulses of your fan base. If you got a finger on the pulse and you can tell, ah, you know what? They kind of want the troll. Go for it. Way more fun. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. But now it's time to open the mailbag. Brought to you by Modern Woman to answer your Ole Miss questions. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives. Securing futures. The the mail's here. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. It's mailbag time, opening up the Talk of Champions mailbag to answer your old Miss or not old Miss questions. It doesn't matter. Whatever's on your mind, you submitted it to me on Twitter at SpiritBen and to Colin. He says he never sees the questions until we open up the mailbag. At Colin Brister, if you want to include him in the mentions. But Tyler Lair is going to start us off. At Lair Tyler, it looks like a lot of offers are going to receivers and defensive backs. Is that where Ole Miss is thin at? Never in a sentence with a preposition. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is that where Ole Miss is thin at, receiver and defensive backs? I was under the impression that they needed to fill the defensive line other than Marcus Henderson. Who do we have a shot at there? Marcus Henderson is pretty much it. I do agree. They're thin at other positions, but it makes sense, like we kind of talked about and touched on to start the show. Wide receivers outside of the top three, who do you trust? But defensive back receivers, are those the problem areas? Are there other areas for you? It's interesting. Yeah, the defensive line is short. Um, I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat it. But if there's not anybody out there that you trust to bring in, um, then what do you do? Do you just add guys just to add guys? Like, you know, they're going to add Marcus Henderson, I think. um, And I don't really know if he's going to be an immediate impact guy. So I I get what I get the question, and it's certainly fair. But again, if there's not human beings to add to the defensive line that can help you as far as football goes, then I don't really know what you do. Like, you can't just go add the you know, defensive tackles at Oxford high school, just so you can have bodies there. 
So I, I expect Ole Miss to be short um, on the defensive line next year. It is what it is. I mean, they're, they're just – they're not in it for McKinley Jackson to my knowledge. I think you feel the same way. And, you know, that you can't, like I said, you can't just go out and, and add guys that, you know, uh, couldn't can't play for you. And now you have, you're committed to somebody for four years that, you know, has no business being on an SEC roster. That's not the right way to go about things. So if you have to uh, get into your depth a little bit and, you know, it, it bites you in the butt, then so be it. That's what a transition class looks like. Um, I don't necessarily think they're short at defensive back. I think the defensive back, no, they're gonna, I think they're going to add Donovan Kaufman. Um, he's a good player committed to Vanderbilt four-star, I believe. And, and, you know, I think there were some signs last year at the defensive back position that I, you know, I thought the kids played well at times. They're young, young kids. And I thought Mike McIntyre did a really good job. Um, we'll see like that, you know, we have to give these kids time to develop. We've got to be able to see what they, uh, what they can do, you know, consistently. Um, but I don't think they're short there. I think they're just kind of, you know, in, in Deron Branch um, is another one that they're looking to add. I'm not sure where he's going to wind up. But, yeah, I, I don't think they're necessarily short at defensive back. I think they're just looking to add good players. As far as wide receiver goes, I mean, you hit on it. Outside of Jonathan Mingo and, uh, you know, Jaden Dennis Jackson and Elijah Moore, like, yeah, who, what do you trust back there? Um, so you got to go get players at, at wide receiver that can step on this field and help you immediately. And I think uh, – I think, you know, Leonard Manuel and, and Malachi Wideman are certainly two guys that can at least give you something next year. Um, the short answer is this. doesn't matter if it's a transition class, regular class. When it gets this late, you're trying to get the very best players. Yep. But not every great player is going to be interested in you this late. Pursue as heavily as you can the guys, top-ranked guys, the ones that you evaluate highly. You pursue those guys over everyone else. You don't just go sign guys because you need this guy. Because then you're doing a disservice to your next class. You just sign the best players, and ultimately that stuff plays itself out. They might be short on the defensive line, might be short a little bit on the offensive line. But don't forget either that this could stretch out into May. Because after spring football, because of the new transfer rules, they're going to be active in the grad transfer market. They're going to have like three or four scholarships left open. So if they do have a short and a guy pops up and they pursue him, maybe it's a defensive lineman, maybe it's an offensive lineman, they have offered defensive tackles. They haven't gotten a lot of bites from guys they really like. They really like McKinley Jackson. Another name popped up last week. Can't remember his name. But you could tell it was a fallback option. Well, you could take that person, but really, what good does it serve you? If you don't really believe in that kid, that he can contribute to your team, not necessarily next year, but on down the line, what's the point? Because then you're just going to get stuck with a wasted scholarship. So if you don't believe in the prospect, let him go. You get the best players you can get. Regardless of position, quite frankly. Blue-collared, hard-nosed, that hard-nosed 15. All right, Colin, what's your way, way too early starting lineup for football? Ooh, um, wow. It is certainly way too early. Um, if I had to guess today, Matt Crowell is the starting quarterback. Jerry Ely is the starting running back. Elijah Moore, Jonathan Mingo, and I'll give you one. Malachi Wadman are starting wide receivers. Uh, the kid from Temple is the starting tight end. Uh, Eli Johnson is the starting center, uh, Ben Brown, uh, Royce Newman. I'm trying to th- think of the offensive yeah, line. Yeah, I know the offensive line. It's Royce Newman at right tackle, Ben Brown at right guard, Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore, Jesus. <laughs> oh boy. Eli Johnson at center, Jalen Cunningham at left guard, left tackle would be Nick Broker. And then on the defensive line, I would guess if they're running a 4-3, your defensive ends are Sam Williams. And Ryder Chuck. Anderson, maybe Chuck. Yeah, Charles Wiley. And then the defensive tackles, 
T. Tisdale for sure, and maybe K.D. Hill. And then linebackers in that scenario would be Lakia Henry, Momo, and Jacquez Jones, wherever you want to put them. Cornerbacks, I'd probably go with DeAndre Prince and Keydron Smith. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jalen Jones, but right now I'm going to put Jalen Jones at a safety because I think he could start at safety. Maybe have a Ken Webster-type senior year. And then the other one, maybe A.J. Finley. There are a number of options back there. Does that sound about right? It sounds right to me. Yeah, good enough. Forrest Crumby at Forrest Crumby. How much help will Matthew Morell and Sean Robinson be for the future of Ole Miss basketball? Well, like I mentioned, Robinson put on 21 pounds. He expects to be a contributor next year and almost expects him to be a contributor next year. Matthew Morell is going to hit the ground running. Instant impact guy. Defense, the way he facilitates offense, his advanced basketball IQ, and he's shooting the lights out right now. And physically, he's already there. He's like 6'3", 6'4", a firm 202. When he gets into the strength and conditioning program of Ole Miss basketball, there's not going to be like an Austin Crowley. you got to add 20 pounds to him. It's more or less, let's just refine some stuff because he's there physically and the game's ready. So I think he can hit the ground running. He'll be huge. Sean, I'm only concerned about how he'll be able to bang down low because he's a ball-handling guard that's got a good finesse game, but they need some physicality down there. And K.J. Buffin can't guard without fouling, and that's made him soft and rebounding. And Hadim C., that's a finesse game. So I think really of those two, Matthew Morrell from what they need could make more of an impact than Sean. But I think Sean is expected to come in and push to start next year. Yeah, you know, I think there's a scenario where you're you're putting three new guys uh, on the floor next year as far as starters. I think there's a chance that Joyner Robinson and uh, uh, Morrell all, all wind up in the starting lineup next year simply because, crap, it feels like they can put the ball in the hole. Yeah, depends on what happens with Devontae Shuler there. I don't know. Sure. I have no clue what Devontae's going to do. The big issue is they have to open up one scholarship because Jarkel's taking Breeze and you sign Matthew Morell and you have no open scholarship. So somebody's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. And if you add one more or two more in the spring, keep doing the math. And I know they want to add at least one in the spring. Ideally, a grad transfer big. Again, got to do the math and look at the options out there for Kermit Davis. Kenneth Collins at RebelFan68. Would TD still be where he is if AK is his coach rather than Kermit for his senior year? I don't think so. I don't think any player was better served with a coaching change than TD. Not to say that he and AK didn't have a good relationship. They had a tremendous relationship. Yeah. Really close. But I think that the message had kind of fallen on deaf ears with TD. He'd heard it so much, and at some point you just kind of start tuning it out a little bit. You need a fresh voice. It's like when you're reading a, uh, a story you've just written, or maybe it's a paper, uh-huh. and you read it over and over and over, and you're like, ah, there's no grammatical errors. There's none. It's, it's fine. And then you put it out. Maybe you submit it to your teacher or, like me, publish it on the Internet. And then about an hour, two hours later, fresh eyes, not from having just put your whole heart and soul into this damn thing for an hour or two hours, you go back and read it, and you just see all these things <laughs> that you missed. You needed a new set of eyes, another set of eyes. And I think that's kind of what TD needed. And Kermit identified some things that he needed to fix. How to play without fouling. How to impact the box score without scoring. How to be more engaged defensively. Um, how to play within the confines of the offense and defense. How to play to the scout. And all of those things, TD has taken to the NBA with the Raptors. And Kermit Davis on this podcast, I think after Christmas, maybe before, I can't remember, but I asked him about TD, and he said the same thing. A lot of the things he just hammered home with TD over that one year with him, 
He's seen him take to the NBA, not taking credit for TD's success because Andy Kennedy, Kermit Davis, and Terrence Davis all have had a hand in Terrence Davis being good at the NBA level this year. It's not just one guy. Terrence Davis became this player because of Andy Kennedy, but he became this refined player that's now putting up one of the best plus minuses of all rookies in the NBA in year one because of Kermit and also because of his willingness to adapt his game and to get a new set of eyes. You mentioned it there. The person that doesn't get enough credit for Terrence Davis being a stud in the NBA is Terrence Davis. Yeah, because he was not stubborn anymore. He said, you know what? I'm going to take what Kermit Davis has to say, and I'm going to apply it to my game. It's hard to check your pride at the door. Trust me. I know that from experience. (laughs) We'll get right back to Colin Brister in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions after this brief word from the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood in Cheney's Pharmacy. A new year always brings about change. For you or someone close to you, that change could be finally finding a dream home. Enter the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, an innovative new development from John Welty Realty. Located just up north Lamar blocks from the Oxford Square, the Lamar offers 48 acres that connects homes and restaurants with arts and businesses. Only a few steps from your front door, a grocery store, brewery, shops, and other amenities. Build out on these modern open concept homes is happening, so get in now. Call them today at 662-816-2782. You can also reach out via email, hello at thelamarms.com. The Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood and proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. A new year has arrived. 2020 is here, and it's time to assess whether you're using the pharmacy that best fits your needs. For you, the Ole Miss fan, the only place to go is Cheney's Pharmacy. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221. You can visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. All right, another one from Kenneth Collins at RebelFan68. If Ole Miss were to create a female mascot to go along with Tony, what would her name be? Ooh. I'd go with Peggy. I was going to say, like, Fiona. I don't know. I was naming her after an Ole Miss female athlete that was decorated. There you go. That's good. I didn't think of it like that. Uh, How about Brit, short for Brittany for Brittany Reese? There you go. Yeah, yeah. Armini was, was one of the more famous ones, too. I don't know. The question would be, is there a since-past former Ole Miss female athlete decorated that deserves to be honored? We haven't done the homework on that because we just saw this question. Mm -hmm. Because Tony, what makes his message and the shark and all that stuff resonate outside of the lizard being just absolutely hideous, what makes that so significant, if done right, really awesome, is that Tony Fine passed away, tragically, of course, but he's the one that invented the whole fins up land shark stuff. However you feel about it, he invented that, so Tony's his name. I don't know if there's a female equivalent to that, so I would just honor a decorated female athlete. Yeah, it's certainly fair. Let's go with that. Bill McKithen, with Chatagnier and Simmons start opening weekend in what positions? Opening weekend, they're facing a lefty to start, so yep. Kate Simmons probably isn't going to start on opening day. Jerion Ely would start in center field in that scenario because Kate is still – a developing hitter against lefties. He bats lefty. Peyton Chatney, probably. Where he would play? Left field, maybe? Who's DHing, though? Is Kevin Graham facing against a lefty? 
I don't know. One of the best lefties in the country. I don't know. Yeah. But if you had to make me guess, Justin Bench is starting at second base. Servideo starting at shortstop. Tim Elko starting at first. And third is Tyler Keenan. Shatney would have to play in the outfield. And if he did have to play in the outfield, it'd be left field. Because yep. Jerry Onnelly's yep. playing center. It'd be a good defensive outfield. Would be a good defensive outfield. I'm I'm interested to see if Bealey gets to stay in against right-handers. Yeah. But he did hit that curveball. That's the best pitch that Doug Nikhazy has in his first at-bat in the inter-squad scrimmages last weekend. We need to talk about Doug Nikhazy. Well, there's yeah, a question coming up. There's a question coming up. We'll touch on it. Dan Edney, MD. How's the teaching gig going, Colin? And have you had any <laughs> irate parent meetings yet? No on the second one. And it, it's going well. It's going well. It's what I got into in college, and, and uh, I'm enjoying it so far. It's They haven't overly stressed me out yet. I, uh, I don't teach a whole lot of core classes, so it's going well so far. Cole Woods at Cole Miss 22. Who will be the leadoff hitter, Anthony Servideo? Will yes. Mike Bianco use a more analytical lineup after the success of moving Diller to leadoff last season? No. <laughs> I don't know who would be the leadoff in an analytical lineup. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like D- Dillard was the obvious candidate last year, and like he's going to put Servideo there, and I can't really argue with it because, you know, yet, like you said, who's the other option? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, just put Servideo there because, you know, he's fast and he's probably he's probably one of your best hitters right now. So is what it is. I don't really know what another option would be. There was no clear cut option like Dillard was last year. Yeah, there's so much volatility because right. it's all newcomers. I don't know what Kel Baker's OBP is going to be. I don't know what Peyton Chattanier, Jerry Ely, I don't know their ability to get on base. You know, somebody that could be interesting is Tim Elka. Uh-huh. He could be a good leadoff hitter. He'll never hit leadoff this year, no. ever. This is a completely pointless exercise. <laughs> Anthony Servideo will hit leadoff every single game unless he's hurt or needs a day off. He's going to yep. be the leadoff hitter. But in an analytical lineup, Tim Elko would be the best candidate for that. Nicholas Puckett at Puckett114. If you could pick a coach from any Power 5 school to cover for a season, who would it be, excluding Kiffin? Ooh, I'll let you go first. Oh, God. Um, definitely not Dabo. No, God, no, he's annoying. He's the worst. Definitely not Nick Saban. I got mine. All right. Mike Gundy. He seems awesome. Mike Gundy would be horrible. Horrible. What? Horrible. He's an idiot. Everything that comes out of his mouth is dumb. He's been trying to get an SEC job for 20 years. He's been passed over for SEC jobs while Lane Kiffin can get another one. Mike Leach can finally get his. And Mike Gunny just continues to be a caricature of a football coach. He'd be horrible. Horrible. There'd be nothing fun about covering him. Nothing. I would enjoy covering his idiocy. I would enjoy covering Herm Edwards. (laughs) Herm Edwards. He'd be fun. Think of the conversations you could have. Think about doing a podcast with Herm Edwards. He'd be great. You know who'd be horrible, but I'd want to talk to him? Greg Schiano. Yeah. Yeah, he's seen things. I got so many questions. <laughs> Andy McNulty at Andy McNulty 90. Assuming Doug won't play against Louisville, what does that weekend's rotation look like? All right. I knew we were going to have to touch on this. Doug will play against Louisville. He won't play against Louisville. Right? No, 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 no. Doug will play against Louisville. No. Yes. No. Yes. All right. We disagree here, and uh, apparently we're going to have to have a discussion. All right, here we go. Mike Bianco was supposed to be on the Rebel Hotline on Monday. He wasn't. Mike Clement was. Of course, Mike's going to come out and say, Mike Bianco, that they're going to handle it internally, whatever. But Mike Clement said maybe an issued statement later this week. 
They're going to handle it internally. In previous instances such as these, like with Drew Pomeranz, the pitcher sat. The player mm-hmm. sat. You're mm-hmm. saying you think he's playing. I saw Andy Pagnazzi get hit one and play the next day. So I think Mike's relaxed a little bit on that. Okay. All right. If he didn't play, the obvious answer is Gunnar Hoagland on Friday, Price. Derek Diamond on Saturday, and I have no idea on Sunday because Tyler Myers has got forearm problems. Maybe you're looking at a Braden Forsyth at that point. Maybe a Wes Burton. Yeah, one of those two. It's going to be a newcomer. Ben Gilbert. Doug's going to play. He's probably going to play. <laughs> Look, Here's my whole deal with drunk driving, man. Okay. Anyone that's dismissing it, stop. Yes. Driving yes. while intoxicated is ridiculous. It's the dumbest thing in the world to do, and it's completely avoidable. I've done it, and it was stupid. And there wasn't Uber in your day. There's Uber now. Right, and that's what I'm getting to. I didn't have an excuse back then. Y'all don't have any excuse. <laughs> None. Y'all got Uber. You got Lyft. Hell, y'all got little food robots delivering food to you. You can call Walmart. Somebody walks around Walmart and picks out your groceries and puts them in bags and then delivers them to you. You don't have to get out of your car. <laughs> y'all have no excuses for anything. Drunk driving especially. And if you're Doug Nikhazy, and Doug's a great dude, and we're all stupid. We've all done stupid things. But if you're Doug Nikhazy, you're the face of almost baseball, man. And I know it sucks, and I know it's unfair, but you're held to a higher standard. You yep. have to be smarter. If Ben Garrett gets a drunk driving charge or driving under the influence charge, it ain't going to make the paper. If you do it, it's going to make the paper. And you have to know, OPD is not going to ever take it easy on anybody. They've never been one to be sympathetic <laughs> towards athletes. Not for DUI. No, it's, DUI should never be sympathetic for anybody. Yeah. But it's Super Bowl Sunday. The most arrests for DUI outside of Super Bowl Sunday are maybe counting on one hand. They're looking for you to drive drunk. Come on, man. Ride to the square with somebody. Call one of the thousands of girls that probably want to hang out with you. That is so easily avoidable. And that's why I'm never going to be cool with that. And again, I drove drunk. It's dumb. Don't do dumb things. It's dumb. Don't do it. And if you're a baseball player, football player, basketball player, don't do it even more. People die when you drive drunk. Uh Uh-huh. And I've had it happen in my family. You kill people when you drive drunk. Just don't do it. Just just yeah. don't do it. Come on. Beham Ole Miss Club at Beham Rebel Club. Basketball coaches had extremely high expectations this year. Do you think that was due to not being accustomed to the level of SEC rigors and talent levels? That's a good question. I think there's a little bit of an adjustment of evaluation, yeah. Yeah. I don't think Kermit thought Blake Henson was going to, you know, have the sickness he did and then not be a good basketball player. I don't think he would thought Devontae Shuler would struggle like he did. And I don't think he thought KJ Buffett would still be immature. Like, I don't know. I, I think he thought those guys would progress uh, when they thought that this team was a second weekend team and they didn't. So you couldn't uh, have ever predicted that like a Devontae Shuler will be shooting 54% from the free throw line up until last week. Yeah. You could have never predicted that Blake Henson would be an all around bad basketball player right now. He's not doing anything well. He's not rebounding. He's not defending. He's not making threes at a reasonable clip. He can't score around the basket. He's not making free throws. What is he doing well right now? And Blake, I think, is a good player, but he's not playing well. And that has to do probably a lot to do, probably, with the sickness. K.J. Buffin can't learn to guard without fouling. And that's now influenced his physicality around the rim, rebounding. 
He's soft around the rim right now. He's tentative because he doesn't want to get fouls. Hadim C. Took him a little while to adjust. He gets suspended for body language. Anything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Luis Rodriguez goes down for the year at that gaping hole at the three that Terrence Davis left open. He was supposed to be the guy, and then he goes down for the year. Across the board, underperformance. You couldn't have predicted that. Maybe a couple of those, but not all of them. I do think that there's a little bit of an adjustment of evaluation as far as what they're looking for in a player because they got used to looking at a particular type of player for 16 years. There was always going to be an adjustment. No one expected to be this year. Still doesn't make sense as to why Devontae Shuler has shot the way he has. But he's been better for a week, but it's too little too late. Yeah, you've ruined your tournament chances. And I hate Brian's going out like this. He's done a lot for the program. He took him to a tournament last year, helped take him to the tournament. But, uh, you know, anytime he doesn't play well, it's so magnified because he didn't play well at LSU. And I looked, they're down 20 at halftime. Kenneth Collins at Rebel Fan 68. What will be the highest and lowest points in Ole Miss's 2020 sports? Um, the low point will probably be when this basketball season ends. Yes. Yeah. Unless something happens with baseball. And, and I'm not talking yeah. about wins and losses. Well, um, but I guess from your it. point of view. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. the high point will be when Ole Miss football goes to a bowl. Yeah. When they beat Mississippi State next year for the first time since 2017, go to the Music City Bowl. That feels like it'll be a pretty good point. I love Nashville for the Music City Bowl. That's the Ole Miss Bowl. Screw the Sugar Bowl. It's the Music City Bowl. <laughs> Adam Smith, Adam Smith, Photog. How will Bianco <laughs> deal with Nikhazy's arrest? Collins says he's going to play him at Louisville. I'm not so positive. All right, hear me out. Maybe he's not a starter against Louisville. Maybe he gets to come out of the bullpen. Hmm. Huh. You, you know, could like kind of back gets... up a Wes Burton start for two innings with Doug Nikhazy. Right, yeah, yeah, you know, like some people get suspended a half. This feels like maybe he gets suspended a half or something. Yeah, I could go with that. David Hudson at Huddy32. Martin Prado or Angelton Simmons? Angelton Simmons. In his prime, <laughs> the best defensive shortstop, and it's not close, and I'm including Ozzie Smith, in baseball history. Yeah. Go look not at the either. numbers. Go look at his UZR. Yeah, not, not even close. Like, I, mean, I already have any other comments. Yeah, I, here's the thing. Everybody wants to talk about the Hector Oliveira trade as the worst trade that Copy made as Braves general manager. No, 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 no. <laughs> the worst trade, and, and the Craig Kimball trade, not getting enough value and just adding B.J. Upton into that deal just to get rid of B.J. and giving up a huge trade chip in Craig Kimball when you were tanking. And it didn't matter if B.J. sucked. You just pay him the money, let him suck because you were going to suck anyway. So get maximum return for Craig Kimball. Not even that one. The worst one was Simba for Sean Newcomb and Chris Ellis, and that's it. Yeah. What did they give up in the Oliveira trade? They gave up Alex Wood, Jose Peraza, a reliever, and something else. But they got back Hector Oliveira. Yeah, but Hector Oliveira did nothing for you. Sure. Nothing. Sure. Simba was the worst trade. Simba was the worst. Now, Sean Newcomb, if he became an ace, of course that's a fine deal. But he's not going to. He's only 22, though. Jesus, I forget that. Yeah, I know. He seems so young. Rogers at Dream Daily 12. Partridge, Durkin, or Lebby? Who do you see taking a head coaching job first? Not Durkin. Lebby. Yeah. DJ Durkin could rehabilitate his image to where somebody gives him another shot. Didn't Adazio get another job? Yes, but I think it will take a while. I could easily see him in two, three years getting a job. Would Jeff Lebby yeah. beat him to that job? That's the question. That would mean that Lane Kiffin's winning a lot in year one and year two. Mm-hmm. 
DJ Durkin mm-hmm. already has the resume of former head coach. So somebody could take that chance. But Jeff Levy, I think, is the hotter name as far as what he could be as a head coach on down the line. That dude's already an ace recruiter, man. Chris Partridge is the best recruiter on the staff. Right. <laughs> don't, don't get it twisted. But Jeff Levy, in many respects, is captaining the ship right now across the board. Lane Kiffin is the head coach, make no mistake. But the day-to-day everything, Jeff Levy is his right-hand man. Alan yep. Farrington at W.A. Farron underscore Willie. Rank them. Crystal Tabasco, Louisiana, Red Hot, Texas Pete. Forget the rest of them. Texas Pete is one and only. Yeah, I I don't really eat any of the others. I'll just be honest with you. Well, Tabasco is gross. <laughs> Texas Pete is, ugh, I could put it on anything. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> Jared Robinson at Jared underscore R25. <laughs> is Chester Graves signing on Wednesday? <laughs> He's not. Where is he? I have no clue. I don't either. Real question. Can you be both the Ole Miss fan that wants Ole Miss to compete for national championships, but also be the fan that gets upset that there are not more kids from Mississippi on the roster? No, you can't. Because, I mean, if we're talking from a football perspective, you cannot win national championships with a ton of Mississippi kids. I'm sorry. It just is what it is. Your roster cannot look like the state of Mississippi if you want to win the national championship. I agree. Peyton Benedict, at Benedict underscore Peyton, will Doug Nikhazy start on Friday after his DUI? Colin says yes. I said no, but now I'm thinking probably not. I don't know. Blue-collared, comma, hard-nosed, at hard-nosed 15. Not a question, but Matt Miller of Bleacher Report said Shea Patterson's dad was in his DMs after he said Shea wasn't a draftable quarterback. I thought you'd find that amusing. I found that fantastic. The dude is insane. Remember when his dad was, like, creating burner accounts and, like, tweeting at all his players? Here's a worse story. I don't know if I've told oh, this God. story. So Shea is leveraging his ability to transfer with trying to basically command all of these things from Ole Miss. Now, at the same time he's doing this through his dad, he's also talking to Harbaugh at IHOP. Everyone <laughs> and their mother knows he's going to leave and probably go to Michigan. Also, at the same time, trying to get Van Jefferson, Javon Patterson, and Greg Little that I know of for sure to go with them to Michigan. Anyway, his dad sits in the office of Matt Luke. He says, Matt, Shea will stay if he's guaranteed the starting job. Matt couldn't guarantee him anything. Sitting in the office of an SEC head coach saying, if you don't do this, my kid's gone. <laughs> this yeah. is who this person is. He makes burner accounts He's been treating this kid as his lottery ticket for, what, 10, 15 years? This is who he is at this point. And I hate it for Shea because I really think Shea's a good kid. Yeah, he's not as bad as his dad makes him look for sure. But how many times is he going to have to answer for his dad in NFL draft interviews? Can you imagine? And you're not overly talented to begin with. You're six foot nothing. Mm -hmm. You're not particularly accurate. We all know what the arm talent should be, but it's just not there. Maybe it's just accuracy, whatever. It's just not there. And your dad is going on this online campaign. Just shut up. You're doing nothing to help your son. Nothing. But some guys just can't help themselves, right? They have to insert themselves into the narrative constantly. And that's shown to the detriment of his son. Yep. I feel bad for the kid at this point. At this point, honestly, I pity him because he doesn't deserve that. Because Shea has basically been called and told, you're the greatest thing since sliced bread since he was an eighth grader. 
He was the number one dual threat quarterback in the country when he signed with Ole Miss. Yeah, and he's not going to get a draft. Like nobody's even going to consider drafting him. No, he's going to go undrafted. Maybe he gets in the sixth or seventh. Most likely, he's signing an undrafted free agent deal, just like who did Jordan Tiamu. And there you go, Kevo at Kev Three <laughs> McGee. Now that Andy Reid ran the old single wing on the goal line, will Gus Malzahn have that in his playbook this coming season? Why not? I wish all coaches would do this. Just go look at old plays. Reid did some cool stuff last night. My favorite play was on the goal line. They ran this counter speed option, and the entire offensive line is blocking left. The running back takes a step as if he's going to counter. It moves the middle linebacker, and Patrick Mahomes fakes a little bit to his left, not really, but immediately takes off to the right, and the running back goes with him. And basically it turns into edge cornerback linebacker. It was the cornerback in this scenario having to defend two players. I love yep. that. It reminded me of Madden or NCAA football. That's the kind of stuff you're used to. Oh, sh- short option, speed option to the right. That's what that was with the counter attached to it. It was fun. Yeah, that's what Reed does, man. He put those guys in conflict all night. And Mahomes, like, it gets forgotten. He was bad for three quarters last night. But uh, when it mattered, my God, he figured it out. When it was nut cutting time, Patrick yeah. Mahomes delivered. Still shouldn't have been Super Bowl MVP. Agreed. Damian Williams deserved that award. Yep. <sighs> Ty, at a true rebel underscore 99. Stupid question. Should the Ole Miss Louisville opening game be a nationally televised game like ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, et cetera? No, nah, I mean, like, it's, a, it's a good series, but it's, it's college baseball in February. So uh, maybe get into April or so. It's be something nationally relevant. But right now, it's, it's, uh, it's college baseball in February. Uh, basketball is kind of dominating the landscape of things. Lloyd Braun. At Roll Tide underscore what is KJ Costello a future first rounder? No. Man, state fans are whipped up into a frenzy for that one, huh? <laughs> Evan O at Evan L M N O P. At what point does Ole Miss ask Miles Battle to play defensive end? Never. He's not going to, first off, and then second off, no. Is he the next Alex Williams? Was that that kid that was super freak athlete looking, but never could find a position? Wasn't that his name? I'm not so. sure. Yeah, I think so. Bill Causey, at bcausey 85 Ah, here's another one. What's the latest on Chester Bigfoot Graves' recruitment? I love y'all. I really do. Hotty Toddy Lane Train, at Jenny underscore Moyer. Your opinion, should we stop saying Ole Miss? No. No. Do I think that the Chiefs and the Braves should stop doing the tomahawk chop? Yeah. Yeah. The worst defense is the Washington Redskins. Let's stop saying Ole Miss? Eh, no. Should you move the Confederate monuments? Yeah. yeah Ole Miss is fine. Nate, at Nate underscore Bloomberg. Here's, here's the whole thing with the whole Ole Miss deal. I know that we all live online constantly, and your Mississippi mm-hmm. State friends want to hammer you away at how Ole Miss is quote-unquote racist. Do you really want to go into those histories? Because there's a lot of ugly stuff on both ends of this spectrum here. <laughs> it's ugly. Nate, at Nate underscore Bloomberg. Go to Super Bowl hangover mill. Um, Pedialyte. Pedialyte. Uh, okay, so I don't know if you've ever had this. There is this, uh, you know, not that I've ever had a hangover, but there's this thing called Blowfish. It is a pill at Walgreens, and it will save your life. I just I just gave uh, Walgreens a shout-out. But uh, if you ever uh, have a hangover and, and you need some, some you know, assurance to get better, it's, it's Blowfish. The best hangover meal. A glass of Pedialyte. That's not a joke. It's true. Mm-hmm. And a grilled cheese. Not much butter, just enough to give you a little bit of extra taste grilled cheese eat it slow but a grilled cheese jason ballman at j ballman 21976 evans's recruitment has been crazy tell me about it 
What is your favorite recruiting story? Before that answer from Colin, let me tell you briefly about Impact by Ironwood and Sola, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss Athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right, Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part is you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolmiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. So a few years ago, a multi-generation Ole Miss family set out to do something a little different in the world-renowned Oxford culinary community. They wanted to bring a true wine bar to the square. Upon opening the wine bar in 2013, they discovered they had one of the Southeast's best young chefs in Erica Leip. Fascinated by diverse cultures and tastes, Erica proved herself to be a true visionary when pairing food and drink, constantly discovering new pairings, and creating seasonal offerings that took the classics everyone loves and twisting them up a notch to create something truly unique. Fast forward to 2019, the family felt that their food offerings were being undervalued and decided to lean on Erica's incredible culinary talents and rebrand the wine bar into one of the best restaurants in the Southeast. Enter Sola bringing to you unique cuisine and lifted spirits. Come as you are, enjoy creative dishes and distinctive drinks as served by Erica and her team of food and beverage enthusiasts, skillfully combining ingredients from local purveyors with classic cooking techniques from all over the world. Simply put, Sola is the best restaurant in Oxford. So check them out. The website is solaoxford.com or give them a call at 662-238-3500. Also remember to follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram using the at solaoxfordms on all platforms. Sola in Oxford on the Oxford Square. Oh, God. Uh, Floyd Raven. Yeah, Floyd Raven. We've covered this before. Floyd Raven. Yeah. Yeah, that was my favorite one. Um, Chris Jones is close. A very underrated story was the Quans. Um, yeah. And then Tony Connor, because of the conversation I had with somebody who was close to Tony Connor, and basically said, as I called this person, said, Hey, what about um, Alabama? And this person cussed me out and explained why he was going to Ole Miss. And if I could tell that story publicly, I would, but I can't. That is my favorite conversation I've ever had for Ole Miss football recruiting. But yeah, I'd probably go with Floyd Revin. Tyler okay. Keith at Tyler K82. We all know about your saddest moment as an Ole Miss fan. What's my saddest moment? <laughs> I don't really care anymore. So probably when Bryce Drew hit a shot when I was 10, because I did cry like a baby. What is your happiest? What's yours? Uh, it's 2014 um, in Lafayette, Louisiana, seeing Ole Miss uh, get to Omaha for the first time in my life. God, um, you're such a baseball nerd. Well, I'm sorry. I mean, it is what it is. What You watch them lose three super regional game threes in a row, and you know you play a fourth one and you expect the worst. And You know, when you expect the worst and you get the best, it, it, is, it is a feeling of re- revelation. Mine would be when Eli beat Alabama. When he threw the ball to towards Sanford, he races down the sideline, drive is capped off by hitting the ball to Joe Gunn. I've never been happier in my life as far as athletics are concerned. Yeah. When my children were born and when I was married, you know. But, yeah, <laughs> that was great. Tyler Keith, should the Monday after the Super Bowl be a national holiday? Yes. Duh, yes. And you know what else should be a national holiday? Election Day. Uh, yeah, I'm actually – I mean, we can joke about the uh, Super Bowl. I'm actually serious about that. It absolutely should be. It 100% should be. Yeah. That's not fair, but, you know, it's another story for another day. Crawford Pay at C Pay Pay. 
Do you have EA access? $4.99 a month, and you can download any EA game. Pretty cool anyways. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, man. No, I don't, because I kept all those games, and I can play them on my PS3. So you still have your PS3? That's cool. Yep, and I have all my games from my PS2 days. I even have early PlayStation games. Remember Game Breaker? That game was awesome. I had an Xbox. Can you play PS3 games on PS4? See, I have a PS4. No, you can't. But the PS5, you'll be able to play any old PlayStation game. So, yeah, I'm buying it. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. John Hardman at HMan478. I've got two. Thoughts on Fast and Furious 9. John Cena so badly wants to be The Rock. Any fan of this show knows I hate John Cena as a wrestler. When I was a big wrestling guy before I gave up, and y'all listen to this podcast, I do wrestling segments. I had great guests on. (laughs) I even had Ted DiBiase Jr. on. I love talking about wrestling. Now I don't care. Even then, I hated John Cena. And he so desperately wants to be The Rock. And now you mean to tell me, nine movies in, that suddenly Dom's got a brother that no one ever mentioned. Of course I'm going to watch it. (laughs) Also, what beat would you cover if you couldn't cover Ole Miss? It'd be about the city. I don't know. What would you do? New Orleans. Eh, I wouldn't want to live in New Orleans. I've done that. (laughs) <laughs> see i have it i think I'll and what, what fun would be uno or Tulane? that'd be terrible oh okay fair enough i thought we were talking about like the saints and uh, the the pelicans well if we're gonna do that <laughs> that changes the game entirely i can never cover the cowboys because then i wouldn't love them like i do so i'd probably want to cover the chicago bulls yeah that'd be fun i don't want to With- cover the lakers i don't want to cover the yankees the yeah, bulls was- you could build a niche market for yourself it's a storied franchise. If they ever win again, it'll be a huge story. The Bulls. Would you ever want to do baseball like MLB? Absolutely not. That's the divorce <laughs> beat. Yeah, it is. They call it that for a reason. Yeah. Daniel Duggan at Duggan54. Do you think playing such a tough basketball schedule up front ended up hurting this team in the long run? No. No. That's what you have to do. It actually helped everyone realize pretty quickly, oh, they got some problems. Yeah. Kermit said after the game... I think it was on Saturday with the IMG Ole Miss Radio Network with David Kellum and Mark Dukes. I think he said, I kind of saw this coming a couple of months ago. And for any Ole Miss fan, they roll their eyes, oh, no, you didn't. No, he's probably right. He probably saw these problems at Memphis, at Penn State. You start to get a good idea. Remember, Ole Miss is 3-16 and 16 in its last 19 top 100 games. That ain't good. These are the yeah. teams you have to play to get to the NCAA tournament to build your resume. These are the teams you have to play to get further into the NCAA tournament to match the best accomplishment in almost basketball history, and that's the Sweet 16. you got to win these kind of games. you got to beat these kind of teams. Yeah, I think what hurt Ole Miss is that they stink. Um, what hurt Ole Miss is Luis went down and KJ and Blake, and it ain't the like, schedule. The schedule is yeah, exactly what it needed to be. They could have played Jackson State for 13 games. I think you'd still be saying the same results. Yeah, because Daniel goes on to say they never looked like they had fun or any had any confidence even in the beginning. Uh, they've had fun. They were having fun when they were kind of winning, but when you lose by 41 points to Oklahoma State, ain't nobody going to have fun. <laughs> they look like they were having fun against Penn State. Yeah, when they came back from 20. Yeah, it looked like they were having fun against Memphis when they rallied back. They were getting fired up. They lost. But once you realize, oh, crap, we're losing far more than they're winning, of course they're not going to be having fun. Still you know, a good crap. practice team, though. Kermit said something early in the year that resonated with me. He talked about having to win games in the 50s and 60s. Um, I can't remember. I think it was after the Seattle game, but I'm, I'm not exactly sure. But, no, he saw this coming. 
he saw it coming to his credit. Nubby at nubsup69. That is my favorite Twitter handle ever. I'm going to say it again at nubsup69. Oh my God, that's amazing. That sounds like the burner account for Lane Kiffin. <laughs> Have you seen AK's burner? He has a burner? Yeah, we'll have to talk about it later. Is it real? Yeah, it's 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 AK. Oh wow. <laughs> I've been texting with AK, but you're telling me he actually has a burner. There is an account on Twitter.com that likes and retweets everything that has to do with Andy Kennedy. That's you a burner. Hear. That's a burner. Yeah. That's a burner. <laughs> to save the world, Nubby asks. Colin has to win a mud wrestling match versus his choice of a shirtless Sam Pittman or a pantless Ed Orgeron. Oof. Who does he pick and why? This isn't even close. It's Sam Pittman. We've been over this. Ed would Ed would not give up till he's dead. Bonus points, Nubby writes. What song does Ben pick to play in the background? I am a man who will fight for your right. That's oh, point. God. I it's love this type of Tyler Keith at Tyler82. Buy or sell. This time next year, Lane Kiffin and staff will be completing a top five or ten ranked recruiting class. Sell. Sell? Sell. Top five? Sell. Top ten? Probably still selling. Top 15? Buying it all day. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to completely sell top ten. I'll sell top five. I think top ten is possible. Jess Mitchell at Jess B. Mitchell. Compared to the rumors of the kind of staff Lane was thought to be able to bring in, how does the actual current staff compare? I think it's dynamite. What was the expectation? Yeah. If you look at the staff, it's really, really strong across the board. Sure, and, and I agree. I think people were thinking, you know, Bo Davis, maybe uh, Frank Wilson, maybe even a Trooper Taylor or some, stuff like that. Well, Trooper um, Taylor, the SEC ain't going to sign off on Trooper Taylor for anybody. Sure, sure, sure. Frank Wilson, oh, I mean, I'm sure you wanted Frank Wilson, but Frank Wilson was going to exhaust every opportunity to get a head coaching job. But yep. you're getting Chris Partridge and DJ Durkin. Say what you want about DJ Durkin, but both of them, or former National Recruiters of the Year. You got Derek Nix back. He could survive an atomic bomb and still be an assistant coach at Ole Miss, whoever the coach is. Doesn't matter. You know the thing about Nix is everybody talks about, oh, he's able to survive these staffs, and he's right. But There's a reason. Survive, yeah, you don't survive these staffs by being a bad football coach, right? Lane Kiffin looked around and said, we need some Mississippi blood in here, a dynamite Mississippi recruiter. And Tom Luke, to his credit, said, well, you got Derek Nix right there. And he said, oh. <laughs> You don't realize what you lost until it's gone, right? Derek Nix is a good in-state recruiter. Deke Adams, a good in-state recruiter. T. Buckley, a good in-state recruiter. Yeah, it would have been great to get Bo Davis or Frank Wilson, but that was always a pipe dream for anybody. Bo Davis was staying in the NFL. He's really close to getting his pension stuff. Taj LaPoy. Is Taj LaPoy a big, huge upgrade over, I don't know, whoever? Is the linebackers coach DJ Durkin? Is he a big improvement over DJ Durkin? Would you have preferred Pete Golding to DJ Durkin? I wouldn't. No. No. So I think from a coaching recruiting standpoint, it's about exactly what I expected, and that's a really strong staff. I don't know what the expectation was. I guess it depends on what your expectation actually was, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. The Loaf at Blackman Hair. When are you going to have me on the podcast when you reveal your true identity? (laughs) Boom. Maybe here a while. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, please leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. And the most recent review took that advice to heart. The title, Dumb Garrett. It's five stars. I'm all for it. Great with me. Perfect. I love it. That's chef's kiss stuff, right? I love it. 
Also, I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com, affiliate of 247 Sports. The thing you're most watching for at Ole Miss Sports this week is what? Ooh, I mean, it's signing day. We've got signing day Wednesday, so you can't really go uh, anywhere else but that, especially with the way basketball is playing. So it is signing day. Does Ole Miss beat South Carolina Wednesday night? No. Frank Martin's good. Yeah. The baseball player you're most interested in as Ole Miss pushes toward its season opener is who? Gunnar Hoagland. I just think he's the key to success this year, so I'm interested to see how he goes. He's got that slider now. Yeah. If you read the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, you'd see that story I wrote on Gunnar Hoagland. He's got a slider that's now tight. Last year, could count on one hand how many times they actually called sliders in games. Now he's thrown it the majority of the time off of his fastball, and it's been dominant. I think that kid has the potential to make a massive jump. Velo's up, too, from what I hear. Yep. Sitting about 92, 93. And the cold in February, which will be 95 in May. He's Colin Brister. I'm Ben Garrett. Thanks, man. We'll do it again. Absolutely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.